parents will often get caught up in the thought process of they're just trying to get my attention, but attention is not a root need. Children are trying to draw attention to a root need. I'm Rachel Rogers. And I'm Marcela Collier. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents all over the world. If you feel isolated and hopeless, unable to break your cycle of permissive or punitive parenting, and you're ready to feel confident in parenthood and connected to your child's needs, this is the podcast for you. Hi, Marcella. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I am great. I'm so excited about this episode personally, because we're talking about the formula that I created, the considerate conversation formula. A lot of parents, a lot of listeners may be listening in and thinking, I don't know what that is. You're going to have to tell me what that is. So I'm excited (laughs) to talk about that. Yes. And all this week, you are doing a book club. If you are a customer in Heimpet Club, if you have any of our products, you're able to join the Pride Facebook group. Just open the description of this episode and you will see the link to join. And there, our community manager is leading a book club of the Consider Conversation Formula ebook. The ebook comes with five steps to help children go from chaos to calm. That's what's going to be the book club about the five steps of the Consider Conversation Formula it goes all this week and you haven't gotten the book I encourage you to get it because right now it's 25% off just go to link in her bio at Rachelin Rogers link in my bio at Heimpet Club or open the description of this episode and you will see the link to purchase 25% off I want to read a couple of testimonies from moms who have read the book because it's one thing for listeners to hear from me about how much of a game changer it was for myself but I wrote it you know they need to hear from people like them who have been in positions that they are currently in. So this is Jill. She has an 11 year old daughter and she says, your book was a total game changer for me. Since reading it, I haven't yelled at my 11 year old and I realized a lot about myself and her. It has really made me stop and think about what is triggering her behaviors. Love that so much. The next one is Sarah K 27 on Instagram. And she says, I grew up with authoritative parenting. That's all I knew. But I also knew as an adult that I didn't want to raise my child that way. When our daughter was born, we did our best, but didn't know much else. I learned of your book and it opened our eyes to so many things. We had no idea about our triggers. We want to help her in any way we can. And your book has been a wonderful how-to guide. I see now exactly what your book says. Every behavior is communication of a need and how to meet her needs. We are still early in our journey, but parenting and living this way just feels right. That's amazing. And that's going to be the title of this podcast episode, the five steps of the considered formula. We're going to give you a little overview and you're going to dive deep on each one of these steps in the book and in the book club in the private Facebook group. Before we dive into steps, what is having a considered conversation? I think that especially after diving into a lot of resources that I got from you, learning to parent from a place of understanding and compassion, even the positioning in my marriage with my husband, I noticed a change in understanding needs that drive behavior. It made me want to show up differently for my marriage as well. And to understand that when my husband has an attitude or or whatever, I want to have a marriage that comes from a place of compassion and understanding. What made me write this ebook was that I had plunged myself into the world of gentle and respectful parenting and even with parenting with understanding, but my brain needed a step-by-step guide. I needed a do this first, do this second, do this third, do this fourth, do this fifth. I looked for it and didn't find it anywhere. So seeing that need, I thought I'm going to create this. I think 
think I have enough knowledge to put together something that could be a total game changer for families. I implemented it first myself. I let you read it. You and Brian both told me this is really great, Rachel. We were were originally (laughs) going to release it as a digital guide. And then you said, no, this is meaty. It needs to be an ebook. It needs to be a full ebook. So we did. And now it's helped thousands of families as well. Yes. I read it. It was great. I apply with my twins and it's awesome, especially on those moments that they're about to enter a big tantrum, but they're kind of like, you know, that transition moment from when they tell you no, and then what you do next is going to either make or break the deal, either set you up for a power struggle with your kid or set you up for success. That breaking point is what, in my personal experience, the consider conversation formula work for my family. So the first step is to name and validate emotions. If you grew up in a home where this was not common, it can feel really uncomfortable to do that, to give space to emotion or to even give a name to emotion. But the reason that this is so important is that it gives children the ability to name their own emotions in the future. When we name them for them at first, eventually they're going to be able to name them for themselves. Now let's talk about that because people tell me all the time, when I be giving into the tantrum if I just tell them it's okay? I mean, they need to learn it's not okay to yell that way. In naming and validating emotion, you're not validating an okaying behavior. You're teaching them it's okay for you to have big feelings. Feelings are normal. Feelings are natural. What we do with those feelings is very important though. And that's why that's just the first step. If all we were ever doing was going around saying, oh, you feel frustrated. It's okay to feel frustrated. Okay, here you can have whatever you want. Then absolutely we would be basically parenting in a permissive way. We aren't teaching our children anything if we do that. But to name and validate the emotion first, it's an important foundational step because you're teaching them there's something going on behind your behavior. A lot of times parents want to stop behavior, but when you understand that behavior is communication, then you don't want to put an end to communication flow. You want Mm. your children to feel safe communicating with you. How do we teach them that? So the first step is to not just say, oh, you're upset, but to define what upset looks like or to define what angry even looks like, because anger can be this emotion where it's powerful and you feel like you have some control, but what's really going on behind the anger is embarrassment or disappointment or frustration. And children don't know how to put language to that. And one thing that I liked was the fact that you walked us through the different examples on how to do this all the way from nonverbal kids to teenagers. Yeah. So what is the second step? The second step is to identify the underlying need. Now, whenever I say that parents will say, well, what if my child needs ice cream? I can't just give them ice cream all the time. Well, ice cream isn't a need. It's a desire. I don't know. Sometimes I might argue that I need ice cream, (laughs) but, (laughs) but you know, for the most part, like when a child is asking for certain things, a lot of times it is rooted in desire rather than need. And there are five root needs that I first learned from you. These are based on psychiatrist and psychotherapist, Dr. William Glasser's choice theory. And those five root needs we cover extensively in the book. And we talk about how to identify what those might look like in those stages in the infant, the toddler, the preteen and the teen stages. Identifying that also teaches children. Not only do you identify it, but you tell your child, okay, I see that you feel really embarrassed right now. I think that you need blank. And you're teaching them how to do that for themselves in the future. Yesterday, the twins,
twins were playing with their Leo neighbors. And I saw a Leo interaction of one of my twins. He was building a Lego tower. It wasn't Lego. It was like a marble tower. And then the other neighbor, he's five years old as well. He came with his basketball and then he was trying to knock his tower down. He was doing it soft enough so it would not break right away. He wasn't trying to break the marble run. He was just trying to, again, get my son's attention. I'm sure possibly because he wanted to play basketball with my son. He didn't want my son to build his marble run. But again, he didn't know how to do that assertively. So my son was, why are you doing that? Leave my tower alone. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? So my son wasn't assertive as well, communicating his need of right now I'm busy on this and I'm not done with this. Please respect this space. So what happens when you don't know needs? If you're the mom of the child who is with the basketball trying to knock the other one's work down, then you see it like, oh, this kid is just mean. He's just being mean to his friend. And even though he wasn't my child, I understood that he wasn't trying to be mean. He was just trying to say, hey, I want to have fun with you playing basketball, but I don't know how to get you out of the building marble run activity. Yeah, you mentioned attention. And I think that this is also where parents will often get caught up in the thought process of they're just trying to get my attention, but attention is not a root need. Children are trying to draw attention to a root need. So when they're asking for attention, they're seeking validation, or there's always a root need underlying that. And the thing is when parents get caught up on just what they see, let's just say in this case was peer conflict. Let's just say they're siblings and it's happening the same thing. Stop bothering your brother. You see that he's building his Lego tower. Why are you doing? that's so mean don't don't try to knock it down oh no like now you're not gonna have this basketball i'm going to put it away so this child now he doesn't only feel rejected by his brother the situation that he's living but then he feels that you are backing his brother up and then now he feels that you are in a way preferring his brother's desire than his and that happens when people just address the behavior and not the need they consider conversation formula gives good examples on how to meet this need. Now, the Parenting with Understanding program is the whole training, the deep dive on each one of these needs. But that's why it is so, so important. When people in social media ask me, but how do I stop my kids from fighting? How do I stop this behavior? I'm always in my head, let's unveil the need. I cannot tell you a right now answer because I don't know what your child's needs are. That's why you need to have that skill of knowing what the needs are, how to unveil them and how to address them. I absolutely think that learning to not just name and validate emotions, but to identify the need. And then step three is to meet that need. That was the game changer for connection in our family. Connection is an important step, but then there's also correction, right? And so, and in the book, the last two steps are to address behavior and to correct behavior. A lot of times in comments, parents will ask, you know, well, what consequence would be necessary for this. I have to stop this. So I can't reward bad behavior. And my encouragement is always, again, to go back, to get out of the thought process that behavior has to be categorized as bad versus good. Because if we think like that, then we think bad behavior has to be punished. Good behavior has to be rewarded. But then if a child acts bad, if I connect with them, then I'm rewarding them somehow for that bad behavior. But if behavior is communication, if we get rid of the thought process, process that behavior is 
bad versus good. And we just simply take on a new belief that behavior is communication of a need, then it completely changes the game. And then we're able to actually move into a place where not only do we help our children and we do meet that need, but then to address incorrect behavior, you're giving them ways to communicate in healthier ways in the future. You're not just saying, well, you did a bad thing. So you're going to get a bad consequence. You're saying, Hey, this is what you needed when you were acting like this. This is actually what you needed. The way that you communicated that wasn't a healthy way to communicate. This isn't a skill we want you to keep moving into adulthood. So here's a new skill. We're going to give you a new way to communicate this need. A good example of this is with my daughter. Anytime I was on my phone, which is a lot because I work from my phone. And so, (laughs) um, and I'm a content creator. So I love to do those things and those things fill my cup, but I was on my phone a lot in front of her and to get my attention, she would throw a ball at my face or she'd hit my phone out of my hand or she'd come Mm -hmm. and crawl right in between me and my phone. I just kept telling her for a while, okay, no, I'm working on my phone. I stayed focused on the behavior that I wanted to stop. I was in that same traditional Mm -hmm. mindset. I got back into that old traditional mindset of, no, I don't want you to do this, but I wasn't giving her any other ways to communicate with me in healthy ways. And I wasn't naming her need to her, but then I started to do that. I identified what her root need was. And then I met that need, but then I told her when you need some time with me, I just want you to say, Hey mommy, can I have your attention? Or I need some mommy time. And I was sending a voice message. This has been probably about a month ago, but I was sending a voice message to one of my friends and she came over and very sweetly climbed in my lap. And she said, I need mommy attention. Can you put your phone away? And she's three, you know? And so I'm thinking this is so mature for a three-year-old, but it's because we have given her language and we've taught her how to do that because we follow the five steps of the considerate formula. One thing that people tell me a lot is like, this is a lot of steps. This is a lot of work. Like it's going to take me so much from experience and not just my experience, but many people actually tell me like, this is a lot of work. I don't have time for all this. I have five kids. Okay. I have multiples. I remember at a point I have four kids living in my house and two of them were infants. So from experience, I know that you are going to spend time either way. You're going to spend time either dealing with a big power struggle with tears, boogers in between for a long time, or you're going to have to take that extra step that may take 30 seconds and follow the steps of the considered formula or parenting with understanding. And that's actually, in my experience, takes way less time than dealing with so many tantrums, meltdowns, a lot of defiance. No, I'm not doing this. And one thing that I found with traditional parenting, I mean, I did traditional parenting for a while when I started doing foster care. I didn't spank them, of course, but I would yell sometimes and send them to their room. (laughs) That was my way of correcting behavior. It almost seemed to me that like when you do that, kids get used to it. I almost felt that I needed to keep getting a little harsher. I hated that. I didn't like to be harsh. I wanted to be gentle. But if it's not raising my voice a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, what is it? And it's because when traditional parenting, it is a quick fix, but at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because you might stop a behavior with a stop, cut it out right now, but then two weeks later your child might be used to that and then you might need to do something harder than that from what i've seen with the members of the 
Parenting with Understanding program, their house goes from chaos to finally feeling peaceful just because they don't feel that they have to keep raising up their voice and their punishment for their kids to listen. Exactly. Parenting takes energy either way. And you get to choose whether you're going to have a positive energy atmosphere in your home or a negative energy atmosphere in your home. And typically speaking, traditional parenting has negative energy. It's all about power and control and, you know, like wearing the pants and not letting your children run all over you. And parents are afraid that if they take a gentler approach, that children are all of a sudden just going to manipulate and control them. But really when you parent from a place of understanding and you use formulas like the considerate conversation formula, you are not just minimizing the power struggle, you're maximizing the peace in your home. Oh yeah, for sure. If this little taste of the considered conversation formula gives you peace, how much more diving into every single step, I highly encourage you to get the book. It's a book that is going to serve you from now until your children are 18 years old and even with your own spouses. So it has a lifetime value for you. And right now it's 25% off. It comes with two bonus classes, one on getting spouses on board and the other one on managing triggers. If you want to get the Consider Conversation Formula ebook, just open the description of this podcast episode. There is a link in there or go to Rachel Lynn Rogers and High Impact Club, Instagram, TikTok. Don't forget to join our private Facebook group and let us know what was the main takeaway of this episode and start doing the book club with us. There are so many cycle breakers, hundreds of cycle breakers in the community and we're all supporting one another and going through the steps together. I encourage you to go and join the community and next week we are going to have a cycle breaker spotlight meaning that one of our cycle breakers is going to be interviewed in the cycle breaker podcast all right we'll see you guys next week